The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid? Double Feature, Part 1, Red Tide, brought to you by KPCD666, Cape Radio, a poppychularadio.com original series, Poppy Chula Radio, celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Thursday, September 2nd, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on FX's American Horror Story Double Feature. Please welcome my co-hosts, Odina Gonzalez. Hi, hi. Priscilla Rocha. Hey, everybody. And Vinnie Hatcher. Good evening. So there we go. Somebody, <laughs> somebody came prepared. <laughs> Love it. I couldn't find any quotes, so I, I went with the, uh, you know, creepy voice. There you go. That is true. Well, we didn't have our girl. And as much as y'all talk shit about her, she's quotable. I'm just saying. I but, mean, we had some, but um, I had to. I usually find a list because I was looking for Ursula quotes because they were the best. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We did have our new girl apparently. All right, so let's jump into our recap of season ten, episode three, which was titled "Thirst," and aired September first, twenty twenty one. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Harry's newfound talent brings an unexpected visitor to town. Alma decides to take matters into her own hands. Short, sweet, as Belle would say, uh, straight to the point. And uh, yes, it all happened, but there was so much more. So let's talk about this, and let's talk about the intro to the episode. So we, we, we pick up, I was about to say we see, but we pick up moments after Doris finds Alma chewing on, what was it, what did they say, it was a rabbit? Uh, chewing on a rabbit, uh, she is getting cleaned up, Doris is freaking out. May I just say that there are two running gags on this show that I live for. Number one is Doris's obsession with Lyme disease. And number two is every time anyone learns that Harry's a writer, they ask him, "Have I? what have I seen of your work? I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah. it always makes me laugh. The Lyme disease one is really ridiculous, though, because she's so hella over the top about it. So more Lyme disease conversation is being had. The chief ends up showing up, Chief Burleson, wants to question Alma, but then all of a sudden all of this commotion um, leads to false contractions from Doris. They go to the hospital. She has to stay four to five days. And then we get a big conversation in the car home. 
Harry has told Doris, I'm going to take Alma. We're going to go to New York. This, that, or the other. But it was all a ruse just to calm her down and so that, uh, so that uh, um, Harry can get the 411 on exactly what Alma has been up to. There was a little knowing look earlier in the episode between uh, father and daughter, but there was a whole lot of talk in that car. Everything from Alma saying, you know, everyone else could disappear, it wouldn't matter, and and her basically saying, maybe we should ditch mom. You know? She's not that great. She's kind of lame. Let's talk about this. Priscilla, you, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, during one of the first two episodes, you picked Alma as your MVP. What did you think of your girl? What did you think of Alma and Harry together? Poor Doris in the hospital. And uh, Harry and Alma plotting in the car. My God, Alma's such a little bitch. What the fuck? And she's like, your mom just almost died. Your little your little baby brother, little baby sister, whatever is in there is probably like rolling around in there troubled because of the shit that you put her through. And all you have to say is, well, we should get rid of mom because she's not talented. And we should get rid of everybody in the world because they're not talented. Then who's going to watch you anymore? Then, like, who's going to give a shit about you and your shitty violin playing? And your violin <laughs> playing wasn't even until you had the pill. So shut up, little girl. You suck. Oh, you're the worst. My God, she's the worst. <laughs> she's a walking ad for contraception. Zing. Yes. <laughs> Any other thoughts on the opening? Doris in the hospital, Alma and Harry's conversation in the car. I was just honestly kind of happy that Doris was sitting this episode out. I think we got a really good amount of content, and frankly, she was starting to annoy me after the first two episodes and the way she began this one. So I, it was kind of nice to have her removed and allow some others to kind of step up to the plate. That is true. It did give us a breather uh, with Doris. What I'm really interested to see is Doris's reaction to all of this. Because you know she's going to find out. And whether it's her taking the pill and becoming one of those talentless hacks or, or not, uh, it's going to be hella interesting to see how she reacts. Because she's incredibly extreme with her reactions as some would say, ridiculously over the top, in a fantastic <laughs> sort of way. Um, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see her reaction. She suffers to from SPC. I've 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 dubbed the acronym. It's Sarah Paulson complex. Oh, okay, there you go. She's um, <laughs> what do you call it? Fairchild from uh, the cult era. Oh God, yes, exactly. Yes. I couldn't or remember current, her name. Last year. Or the current people on Lil Nas X's Twitter that he's got pressed and shooketh but that's a whole nother story for a different day uh all right uh let's talk about the next big moment in this episode alma is hungry alma's very hungry throughout the entire fucking episode i mean let's be for real uh she she hunger pangs this episode but she's hungry and uh 
a father and daughter end up uh, coming to an agreement. He basically tells her, I will be the one that will get you your food. Like, I don't want you out there killing. I don't want you, if, if anyone's going to get caught, I'm going to get caught. She's like, what if I, what if when I turn 18? He's like, nope, I will be killing for you. I don't want you to get into that stuff. And so, all right. So, so I, I just got to say, yes, she broke that the first fucking episode. He told her. I know. <laughs> we'll, that so true. We'll get into that. Um, so, so that's the deal. Uh, the, the, I guess the really rare steak that they were about to have at the Muse was not going to be enough. So Harry ends up doing what he learned from Belnoir. And Austin, Summers, you know, go on uh, a Craigslist. I've never bought anything on Craigslist, but after this entire series, I don't think I will ever buy anything on Craigslist. Literally, I'm just saying. Yeah, Craigslist is a cesspool. Yeah. It is. It's very... The, you actually have to go through a whole gauntlet before you actually get to the point where... And get there, you get all the people who are scammers. <laughs> you know, like, the people who are like... Hey, could you like send the money before I give you the item? Yeah, Craigslist is a new. <laughs> oh no. So he finds someone on Craigslist. He goes to her house. Uh, you know, it. She offers fellatio because I guess that's one of the perks of Craigslist, right? And uh, he ends up getting knocked out, chained up in the basement. They are going to use him to create a snuff film with not just her, but her boyfriend. He's going to get all rosebudded for the camera. He's going to get killed. But they did not expect his fangs. And he ends up murking both of them. I'm going to let you bleed out. And uh, there's Alma's uh, dinner. So let's talk about this. Let's talk. <laughs> well, let's start off with uh, Vinny, our Craigslist expert. <laughs> well, before I get into it, I do want to give the listeners one disclaimer. If you are not familiar with what a rosebud is, I highly recommend against Googling it and looking at images, unless you want to be absolutely disgusted. Um, this scene was very visceral, and it was actually kind of cool to see him go on the hunt, as it were, on his own. Um, because I, I find I felt like Harry has... he Last episode, he had a little bit of an evolution, but that evolution had a wrench thrown in the gears. This one, because Alma went against his wishes, and you know she had the pill. So it, it gave an interesting juxtaposition of he was just starting his journey. Now he's got to take on the responsibility of this ravenous nine-year-old who is a complete and utter megalomaniacal bitch. And so I really thought... <laughs> Tell it us how you really feel. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, she reminds me a lot of Claudia from Interview with a Vampire, honestly. Um, oh my goodness. Right? <laughs> like, I, kept, I kept waiting. I want some more. Um, but no, th this scene was very unexpected. You know, one of the things that we mentioned in the very first uh, episode is how there's a lot more of a return to the dark roots of the series. And, you know, the... We, we mentioned, uh, so I think we got our comeuppance when we said that this season did not seem to be relying on sex as much, and boy, did we ever get it, because this scene was very clearly, 
I, I think the quote where she's like, my boyfriend's got a 10 inch dick and he's going to dot, dot, dot. I literally sat there and was like, well then, okay. You know what's funny? <laughs> I'm glad that you mentioned that because at the start of the episode, it, you know, when they do the little, you know, in this episode, there will be, and it was like language yeah. and violence, but they didn't include sex. And usually they include sex when there's sexual dialogue. And I was really surprised it didn't have the warning for sex. Because yeah. something that I've been, I was like, okay, so we are getting back to the roots, but not getting back to sort of like the kinky sex uh, roots. And well, we, we didn't see the kinky sex, but we certainly knew exactly what was going to happen to Harry. Yeah. <laughs> the whole scene was just, A, caught me off guard, <laughs> uh, to be quite honest. I mean, not far off from Craigslist experiences, but, like, okay, so they were filming, and, like, I'm assuming when he attacked them, the camera dropped or something, but, like, did he check the camera that, like, it could have been recording him, like, ripping into their necks and killing them? Thank you. I was just like, uh, why would you not check that? One would hope that that's something that we didn't see and that he actually did do that. If not, he's really dumb. He's either really dumb or I feel like it'll come back to, like, haunt him in some way, shape, or form. Because, like, why would they take so much time to, like, show that this couple is videotaping this whole fucked up scenario? And then, like, he's just like, oh, whatever. Like, I'll just, I'll kill him on camera. Um, And then... The daughter just, I really hate her, to be honest with you. I was like, at first I was like, okay, cool. Like, I get it. Like, a weird Children of the Corns vibe. Like, she's just crazy. But, like, she was just, yeah, she was just bratty, stupid, bitchy. My only, like, saving grace for her is that she she actually hates her own mother and is, like, this talentless bitch. Um, But, yeah, I just, it's kind of also strange how the pill affects her differently than everybody else like yeah he everyone else gets like hungry for blood but she's like insatiable i think that has to do with her developing body that's kind of what i took away from it and i think that's going to add an interesting dynamic because they did actually talk about that like what is it going to do to her as she's growing up and like all of that um but on a funnier note that with the snuff section like i was thinking about it and i'm like i kind of want to see these people's like twitch channel (laughs) and how many followers they have like i'm just sitting here like howdy y'all this is methany and bobby and we're gonna do a snuff film because i'm watching that right like and it didn't clarify if they were streaming live or if they were recording but the implication to me is in this day and age that we live they were potentially live streaming so that could come back to haunt and i was curious about that but yeah that that whole scene was it was interesting to see the bestial side of Harry come out a little bit more. Um, I think my favorite part of it was when they got their comeuppance and he's like, no, you, I'm going to, I'm going to finish my meal and I'm going to let you bleed out slow. And we're starting to see there is still a primal and feral aspect to what this pill does to even the people who have talent, right? Because we can talk about this later, but um, we can hint at what was in the trailer if our listeners watch the trailer. Um, but I think we're going to start to see that even if you have talent, this pill very clearly affects you. And we're starting to see a little bit of apathy and dissociative 
aspects kind of come into the people who take it because, you know, Bell and Austin don't give two shits about what happens to anybody but themselves, you know? So I think this pill really brings out also the selfishness and the, the desire of like, okay, well, I know it's bad, but this is going to make me get better. I'm going to kill people for it. I'm curious to see how deeply they go into how the pill changes the people with talent as well. That's a really good point. I think for me, the best thing about this um, scene, the sequence was the fact that this was Harry going out for his first time and it wasn't a smooth uh, encounter. I'm glad that the writers, you know, added the wrinkle, you know, as uh, batshit crazy as it was, but I'm glad it wasn't smooth for Harry because it would have been too easy if it was a smooth kill, if he would have just shown up, slashed her neck, and then, you know, he had his meal. I'm glad that they made it difficult, you know, because this is his first time doing it. So clearly, not every kill is going to be a smooth kill. I mean, Bell and Austin, kind of, the way that they were doing it, the way that we saw them do it, it seemed like, oh, it's just easy. You know, you just find someone on Craigslist, you slash them, and then you drink them. It wasn't that easy for Harry, and I really liked that it was difficult for him, because it shouldn't be easy. I mean, you're out there murdering people, damn it. People that, supposedly, no one's going to miss, but um, we'll see about that in a moment. I mean, I think we can all agree, though, that compared to Mickey, Harry did a bang-up job. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, he did not. He was not tutored. Uh, Mickey was not tutored. Yeah. Yes, we'll talk about him in a moment as well. All right, so any other thoughts about this before we chat about Ursula? Okay, so Ursula's in town. She shows up in P-Town because, you know, she just wants to see what's going down in P-Town that has inspired Harry so much. She tells him that Quentin Tarantino wants him to write his new Hulu limited series. Why? Because doesn't Quentin Tarantino write his own stuff? And uh, it was because Tarantino uh, basically says that, uh, you know, he's married. So, you know, he can't really do everything that he does to, you know, get the creative juices flowing. And she said that Harry would know exactly what that means. So, uh, yes, so Ursula is sticking around, she is staying at the local inn, she is uh, getting some food at the Muse, and she loudly throws hella shade at Belle and Austin uh, over their, what did she call them, shitty Captain and Tennille cover yeah. band. Yes, she also has... An interaction with Mickey. Um, initially, she thought that uh, he was trying to pick her up. But then, uh, as she's walking on the beach in, in a fantastic all-white getup, uh, he approaches her, basically saying that he's been writing screenplays. And, you know, can you please read the screenplays? This, that, the other. She, he ends up convincing her. She ends up reading them. And when she meets up with him again, she's like, what the hell is going on? There's no way in hell your, your, you know, your methy self uh, wrote all this stuff. And he ends up spilling the tea 
in an instant, talking about these pills, and this, that, or the other, and yada, yada, yada. So, let's talk about Ursula. Let's talk about Ursula and the Captain and the Tennille. And let's talk about Ursula and Mickey. Odina, what'd you think of Ursula's uh, debut in P-Town? I have, like, a love-hate thing for her, because I do love that she's, like, literally the queen of sass and just unbridled opinions. But I also found her to be, like, a little too obnoxious. Like, in a way, like, it fits with her character, but I also feel like if I'm pulling up to this random town where everything's sketchy and weird, I'm not necessarily going to be, like, extra about it, especially if I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like, that, to me, doesn't make sense. But I also feel like... I'm here for the sass, and I feel like nobody there is used to that kind of, like, in a, an attitude. I think she's obviously going to shake something up because she's crazy. But um, in regards to her relationship with, like, Belle and Austin, obvious beef, um, they're going to try and take each other out. But I feel like Ursula's smart enough to know that that's the case. And as we saw later in the episode, she's kind of, like, almost, like, a step or two ahead of people in a lot of ways um with mickey i mean that guy folded faster than i've seen anyone fold in my life she literally was just like there's no way you could do this and he's like okay <laughs> let me let me just tell you this huge secret about why everybody's all fucked up in this town um but i think it's going to be interesting to see their dynamic it kind of gives me like in a weird way, like, queen-servant energy, <laughs> which I'm also here for. Like, he's up there trying to, like, kill her in a bathtub. She's like, no, you're not. And he's like, no, I'm not. So, I don't know. I liked her, but at the same time, I'm like, I just wish they would tone it down a little bit. Oh, see, I wish that they would pump it up. I'm the complete opposite. No, in my opinion, oh. this is Leslie Grossman's best character on yes. AHS, period. The snark, the the cunning bite in everything that she says, the shade, the reads, the energy, the I don't give a fuck attitude, everything was fantastic. Uh, yeah, oh gosh, I just found her captivating in a spectacular way. Any other thoughts on Ursula? Ursula, her um, her shading. Uh, Bell and uh, Austin, Ursula's initial uh, meetup with Mickey. I will say that when she said to him, hmm, you have a better chance of me fucking you than signing you and I'd have to be in a coma to do either. I literally just laughed out loud. It was just her delivery of every single one of her quips was literally razor tipped. It was I agree with you, Jeff. I wanted it turned up like I absolutely love the fact because this is everything that we got in the flash forwards in 1984 when she was revealed to be bad, but magnified. She was serving us like classic, like super bitch from the old like dynasty and Dallas and all those over the top. But I think what I really admire about her is that we're, we're seeing what entertainment that industry does to people without the pill. Like, you know, she's obviously uh, an agent, but she's not creatively talented, but there's an overarching theme that we're noticing that, you know, when you are creative, it is a thirst. It is a complete, all-consuming thing. And 
when you're riding the high, it's amazing. When you're not, you will do absolutely anything to get there. And she's the one that's greasing the palms and, you know, doing whatever is absolutely necessary. So I kind of think that the attitude and the way that she presents herself is exactly kind of what I, I view those agents like when they're not putting on their smiley faces to schmooze. They're heartless, they're cold, they'll do whatever they can to get their clients ahead while also thinking of themselves and all the money that they could make. I think, I agree, she's going to shake things up and I think this is going to begin to maybe head us towards things blowing up and getting really, really crazy. Mm -hmm. I just also wanted to chime in. I did love her read on Henry because when she was talking to Mickey, she was like explaining, I guess, the tiers of the level uh, in which creatives, I guess, operate in. And she was like, there's the, like Quentin Tarantino's. Then there's like the Henry's that like write mediocre subpar. And then there's you. So like, I think I'll agree with you on that, Vinny. I think like she's very like adept at being able to pick up on things maybe because she's been in that industry, like, she knows the talent level at which Henry was, like, operating at. So for him to go from, like, there to, like, all the way up to the top made, like, little to no sense to her, anyways. Yeah. Odina's throwing so much shade that she's calling Harry Henry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's He's, okay. Like, I don't really, like, who names their kid that? But anyways, no yes. offense to any Henrys out there. Or Harrys, whatever one. Yes. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. Uh, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Leslie Grossman, yes. Leslie Grossman was so fantastic in this episode, I legit thought that she was going to die in this episode. And I was like, shit. In my so mind as I'm I. watching this, I was like, please don't tell me this is just the episode where she's going to come in fantastic, redonkulously over the top, and they're going to kill her. So I was very worried for her in every scene that she was in. I'm like, she's wearing all that white on the beach. It's, it's a perfect canvas for blood. I was, I was worried. I was worried. I was worried. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who had that thought about her outfit. Yeah, I was, I was, I was very worried. Um, yes, and, and that's, uh, that scene from the beach, I don't know if anybody remembers like the famous photo uh, from that, that was like teased, uh, that was like a teaser for the season on social media. But uh, Leslie Grossman and and like the AHS accounts actually posted a picture of Leslie Grossman and Macaulay Culkin on the beach in their little outfits. So I remembered that, and I was like, oh yeah, that's that's when they took that picture. Yes. I also like the little reference to, uh, I mean, they're in a town by the ocean, and her name is Ursula. So I choose to believe that's a nice little Easter egg to his Little Mermaid. Ah, a little siren. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's wait and see. So let's talk about Mickey and his first hunt. Because, uh, well, this episode is called Thirst. And everyone is thirsty in this episode, including Mickey. He goes uh, to the Dick Doc and uh, there's a compatriot from the Doc. And uh, it, let's just say it is not the smoothest kill ever. I mean, <laughs> dare we call it pathetic? But I Cue will. Cue the Benny Hill theme song. Yeah, it, it was. It was a lot. And I mean, well, let's just say this: Mickey does end up getting the deed done. So the deed is done. Mickey you know, has brunch, whatever or whatever time it was, he has his meal, but there is a witness, and the witness is an AHS alum. It is Dennis O'Hare playing Holden Vaughn, 
We only get Holden for like half a second, but it, it was fantastic. Priscilla, talk to me about Mickey's first kill, and uh, were you excited to see Dennis O'Hare, even though it was for like literally 30 seconds? My God, Mickey's first kill was so funny to me. I was like... You're seriously going after that guy? That guy looks healthier than you do, and he's down in the docks. Like, he's totally going to, like, <laughs> rip you to pieces. What are you doing? He can bench press you. And, no, he did it successfully. So I was like, claps to you. Good job. You did. You, you, you managed to, to get to grab a healthy one. For for you, Glenn Coco. I know. But he, he, he grabbed a witness along with it, and... For that matter, like, did anyone else think that the witness, like, his his statement was a little vague? Like, it it wasn't, it didn't actually implicate implicate Mickey at all. I think he's one of them. Which means that the guy is taking the pill, yeah. Because he said, oh, well, you know, he made a comment about coming there briefly, and it very well correlates to the same reason that Austin and Belle come there. So... And then when he was like, oh, it was a total gay bashing. I'm like, why are you covering this up? Oh, okay, you're creative. Mm-hmm. But he said he went there during the summer. And, like, I feel like that's, I don't know. I feel like that might be something else. Like, he, I think he's in on something. I just don't think it's the pill specifically. I think that was, I, I, I get what you're saying because I did notice that he did say that he comes in the summer. But he did also say that he is only there for a couple months. And everyone that's on the pills, you know, we've heard that it's only a couple months, then the rest of the year they don't take it. So I find him suspicious. I also thought it was very strange. Well, the thing that I think is strange the most, because if he is a creative that's taking the pill and he, you know, does all that kind of stuff as well, why would he stay as a witness? That's a little suspicious to me. Take the sus off of him. Oh, okay. Well, there is that. There is that. Uh, Yeah, and he was not forthcoming at all. Um, If you really think about it, the entire conversation that he had with the chief was about him instead of what he saw. And the best part was, so you're going to come down to the station to make a (laughs) statement? I just did. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was like, all right, that is rich people. That is rich white people shit right there. I mean, you know, it was it was fantastic, though. <laughs> oh, Dennis O'Hare, hopefully we see some more of you, because that was just I teeny, also, teeny, tiny. I also just love how mm-hmm. he tried to play off a murder as, like, just this, like, no, that's just gay bashing, like, whatever. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm yeah. pretty sure gay people just don't run around <laughs> killing each other. I assure you that we generally do not. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, the like, it, he said it like it was just like a perfectly acceptable reason. Though, you know, if they do, if you've ever heard of the show Deadly Women on Investigation Discovery, I've always joked that I want to start my own spinoff and call it Deadly Queens. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that's funny. So... Uh... Our, our our boy, Dennis O'Hare, was not the only AHS alum that was in this episode making their debut on Double Feature Part 1, Retide. 
we also actually meet the chemist, who's played by Angelica Ross. Uh, Ursula ends up convincing Mickey that uh, to meet the chemist. Now, I should say a little uh, background. Um, Mickey ends up stealing some pills from Belle Noir because Ursula uh, wants the pills, and uh, Belle Noir ends up not catching him in the act, but knowing that he stole the pills, I'm going to assume that she must have cameras, because that was just the way that she knew was interesting. Um, and Ursula is ba- not Ursula. Um, Belle Noir basically tells him, "You need to kill her." And so Mickey goes to the end to murk Ursula, but Ursula ends up convincing him to uh, set up a meeting with the chemist. He's like, you know, no one goes near that house, this, that, the other. She's like, let me meet her, damn it. And so we meet the chemist. And there's a whole lot of back and forth. Uh, we see the conversation um, basically in, in as a flashback because we see the chemist talking to Belle and Austin about Ursula and about the deal. The whole deal is, uh, you know, a whole lot of money for the chemist, um, residuals and stuff on the products that these writers are going to put out, i.e. television series or films. I mean, it sounds beautiful. It sounds like a boatload of money, but the chemist turns it down, and the chemist tells Austin and Belle that um, basically they have to kill everybody. <laughs> they need to kill Ursula. They need to kill her boy toy, Mickey. They need to kill Harry. And they need to kill Alma. Who knows, maybe even Doris as well. You know, just all of the loose ends need to be tied up because their perfect little ecosystem on Cape Cod is getting royally fucked up. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about the chemist. Let's talk about the deal. Would you take the deal if you were the chemist? Um, yeah, uh, let's see who. Uh, Odina. Talk to me about the chemist. What would you think of the chemist? What would you think of the deal? And what would you think of uh, the chemist's uh, reaction to everything? Kill them all. <laughs> I mean, I definitely, I think the chemist is now my favorite person. Um, just A, the style on point. I just love how, like, calm she was about, like, everything. Like, girl, people found out about this. Like, it's not that chill. And her, like, response is just, like, slaughter them all Kid included, like, cool. Um, In terms of the deal, no. I definitely wouldn't have taken it either. Um, To be fair, though, like, because when they were playing that scene, it was, like, interchangeable between her conversation with Ursula and then her conversation with Belle. You never actually see her say no to Ursula. Belle only asks her, and she says, no, I said no. But we don't see it, and that's the only point where we don't see, like, a transition between the conversation. So I'm wondering if she maybe turned down the initial deal, but maybe struck something different. Because, like, if she turned down the deal, I don't feel like Ursula would have been as calm as she was in the aftermath. Like, she would have been trying to, like, 
come up with something. But, yeah, I don't think that she told Belle and Austin the full truth. Mm. I think she definitely wants Alma and, like, Harry, Henry, whatever his name is, (laughs) to be, like, eliminated because they're just messy at this point. But um, I definitely liked her. It's intriguing because she even said, like, even if the pill goes public, they won't be able to be... Like, they won't be able to tell how I actually make it. So, like, that also makes me curious. Like, so it's not even just about, like, what's in the pill. It's, like, how it's made. So, like, I'm curious as to, like, what that requires as well. Which could also tie tie in to the whole sirens. Like, does it have to go undergo a specific process? Like, it just made me think a lot. But all in all, I really like that character. I would not have taken Ursula's deal, but I feel like that's not the last of that conversation or even just, like, the full extent of it. Okay. Very interesting. Priscilla, your take on the chemist. My thoughts are, like, if she doesn't take that deal, she's stupid. That deal was a great (laughs) deal compared to, to, like, the rinky-dink, like, setup she's got right now. It's nothing like it's leagues better than what she's got right now and she wants to just live in like nothingness like she just wants to live unknown and just making drugs on the side for people other people to get rich off of what she's doing like it just it seems stupid to me okay but haven't you heard the quote where it says when you're a black person you're never really alone there's always a white person up in your business like she gave me that energy where she's like i cannot be bothered so i mean maybe she just really does want to be left alone i feel like she's got a past that she's hiding from interesting that too yeah yeah like uh, I'm not going to jump too far because the trailer, but I, I have a feeling we're going to find out why she started making the pills. I don't know if we'll find out what's in them immediately, but we only have a handful of episodes left, so maybe. But I, I get the feeling that she's, if she's a true scientist, scientists, you know, are really passionate about the actual process, you know, having their experiments happen, seeing what happens and observing it. So just like for a creative person, the reward is writing and having your work celebrated. For a scientist, I feel like you have a hunch, you have an idea, you make a discovery and you want to see what happens with it. Fame and money is, unless you need funding, of course, is not so much the issue. And I feel like maybe she's driven by something other than money. And the, the privacy, maybe she worked somewhere and she screwed something up or she's wanted or because no one knows. I find it really strange. No one knows her name. She's just called the chemist. She lives out, as she put it, on the dick of Nantucket uh, or Massachusetts, whatever she said. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to find out if she was hiding from something because she previously tried to do something and I don't know, got in trouble. But I, I really want to know more about her. I absolutely adored her. I co-sign all of that. Uh, yeah, 100%. She's a fascinating character. Uh, yeah, I, I'm here for more of uh, The Chemist. It's interesting because this is the first season in a long time of American Horror Story. And maybe it's the throwbacky vibes. Maybe it's the fact that they, you know, polish, polish, polish this script so much during, you know, the COVID forced hiatus but I wish that we had more episodes. Like, my heart breaks that there are only six episodes of Red Tide. 
and four episodes of Death Valley. Uh, I wish that they could stretch this out for maybe another episode or two because it's just so good. Like, I find myself on the edge of my seat each episode. Uh, I'll be honest, at the end of this episode, I was like, what? That's it? Like, I wanted more. Like, I had a thirst. Uh, maybe as much as uh, Alma did. I was like, I wanted more. It was it was an experience. So, uh, moving right along. Belle and Austin end up finding out that Alma has taken the pill. Because on a random hunt for supper, Henry, Hen- I'm about to call him Henry now. Thank you, Odina. Harry ends up <laughs> taking a thermos from, you know, the the house that, uh, you know, they ended up killing someone in and fills it up with blood. Uh, Bell whips out a gun. He's like, who is that for? He explains it's for Alma, who took the pill. And they basically tell him, you need to stop it. Like, this is not for her. You need to not give her any more pills. And so this leads to, like, a standoff between father and daughter. So she's like, well, if I can't have the pill, then you can't have the pill. Because, you know, she's a grown-ass human that has a say in anything, right? You know? Um, It's so like he's such a bad dad. I know. Well, he already, he did say he's not father of the year. So <laughs> clearly, clearly. And uh, you know, after a I don't know what that was, 10 minutes when he couldn't write, <laughs> he goes down into the trash, takes a pill. Uh Alma is behind him and demands one as well, and she takes it too. Uh, so let, oh, let me say this. Um, what was it? Belnoir did say, you know, if if she doesn't stop taking the pill, you know, I've, you know, I have uh, written many a books off, you know, after, uh, you know, draining the blood of a child. So oh there was God. a threat, not so veiled. Uh, let's talk about this before we talk about because we are about to get to the major thing that happens at the end. Uh, any any opinions on Belnoir Austin finding out that Alma is on the pill? That just sounds very different than what I'm saying. I definitely do. Um, one, I think that the, again, I think there's. A difference between, like, I mean, for obvious reasons, there's a difference between, like, a kid taking the pill. But I feel like it's something more than, like, just, oh, like, she's growing. Like, I feel like this is going to be such a lame reference. But anybody who's seen the Twilight series, like, you know how, like, in the last end, they, like, tell the family, the Cullens or whatever, like, you can't make immortal children because they're in, like, you can't control them. I feel like. Like, that's the vibe that I get, where I'm like, she really can't be controlled. Not that her parents are trying, but, like, even if they did try, like, she... And, again, it's almost reaffirmed how, like, this episode ends. Like, she just genuinely doesn't give a crap about, like, controlling or concealing. Even when her father's told her, like, I will bring you what you need, she just doesn't care. Like, it just seems more like it 
promotes bloodlust in children. Like, I don't know how to put that. Uh, also. Yeah, bloodlust. Curious to, like, because Belle, for, I mean, we've seen her take a baby and do God knows what with it. Like, act like it's a Capri Sun pouch. But, like, I wonder if that's another thing that could play into it. Like, because, like, Belle did say that, like, it tastes better or it was, it inspires a specific type of creativity in her when she, like, eats kids or babies. Like, I wonder, like, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's something surrounding these pills, bloodlust, children, that kind of stuff. How very QAnon-y of you. No, don't say <laughs> there, that. There's, if you back. have no idea what I'm talking about, then you're better off. Because there's a whole thing. <laughs> Talk about batshit crazy. Okay. Um, does anyone else have anything to say without talking about the end, about what we were just discussing, or should we just move into the end? Because I know let's we all have opinions about the end. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the end. Well, before we get to the end, I will say this. So I did rewatch the first two episodes over the weekend, like I said I would um, in the previous podcast. And I had all these theories that I was going to, like, share with all of you during this podcast to see if you guys agreed with me about it. And in this episode, like both of the theories that I had actually happened, but not in the way that I thought was going to happen. See, I thought um, Belle and Austin were going to get to the point where they realized that they were going to have to kill Harry because I thought he was after, after what we saw in the previous episode with um, the sort of like the messy killing at the dick dock, I thought he was going to just be really reckless with his killings, and that was going to force them to have to kill him because he's messing with the ecosystem that they've created there in P-Town. Now, clearly, they are going to have to kill him because the ecosystem has been messed with, but it wasn't for that reason. <laughs> So, which we will be discussing right now. So, at the start of the episode, we see the police chief. Um, she was going to the home because of uh, what neighbors had said. That they had seen Alma with blood on her face, and Doris was taking her home. There was that murder at the Dick Dock that was found, and there have been murders up and down the coast. And so, uh, you know, she's hella suspicious about this family. Not necessarily, you know, Alma, but maybe it is Harry or Henry. And so uh, throughout the episode, we see her, you know, investigating all these killings and this, that, or the other. At the end of the episode, um, Harry is going to visit Doris at the hospital. And I feel like we should put all of that in air quotes because he was taking thermoses. So I'm, I'm assuming he's uh, getting a meal for, uh, well, no, I can't say I'm assuming, because uh, we hear Alma say, I'm hungry. So he's off to get a meal for um, for Alma, and um, Ursula is playing babysitter. But she's going upstairs because she needs a nap before they play some gin rummy. So, Alma 
It's downstairs. She's alone. We see the chief outside. She is, you know, being stakeouty, and uh, she ends up knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, whatever. And uh, she has a conversation with Alma, and she's basically like, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's going down. I feel like I know what's going down. And, uh, you know, I understand it's not your fault, you know, but maybe you know a little something, you know, maybe, maybe we should talk about this. But before they can talk about anything, Alma stabs her in the neck. She lets the chief bleed out in the living room. And uh, the next thing we know, Harry is back. Alma and uh Ursula are playing gin rummy and Ursula's when when as a uh, Harry you know notices that the police chief is dead on uh, the uh living room table Ursula's like we've yeah we've got to have a chat burm 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 so let's talk about this now may i say one of my theories over the weekend was that the police chief is going to die and I didn't think it was going to happen in this episode. But I, I knew she was going to have to die. And I know that we kind of talked about the Chief last week over the course of two podcasts. And uh, we were kind of fixated on our first impression of her. You know, when she uh, was talking about, like, the junkies and, and the home invasion and that sort of thing. And she seemed a little blasé about stuff. But after re-watching it, I was like, she does ask a lot of interesting questions and I was like her already starting to ask questions was gonna lead to trouble for our blood-sucking people so I knew that she was gonna have to die I thought Harry was gonna be the one to kill her you know in in a moment of of hunger or maybe she asked a question and and Harry was gonna kill her and that was gonna be what sort of threw off the ecosystem and that was gonna lead to uh, Bell and Austin having to kill him. Um, this came out of nowhere, and after what Odina said, it makes 100% sense. She's a child, she is a petulant child, an impulsive child, and she isn't thinking like an adult would about the consequences. This is the stupidest thing that could happen. You kill the police chief? I mean, killing random junkies, you know, you would think no one's going to care. In this episode, the police chief basically says no one thinks they're going to care, but they do have family members, so someone out there cares. But the police chief, this is a big death. This is something that is, I think, going to be incredibly difficult to hide. And, oh, God, this is just... I, I, I can't even believe that this happened at the end of this episode. And, wow, Alma. Like, Alma's going to have to die. I, Alma is going to have to die before the series is over. I, I think. If not, she's just going to be out there. and She's going to be one of those AHS sort of uh, characters that somehow creeps out of the sewer and survives. Let's talk about this. I know we all have opinions about this. I don't know who wants to jump in first, but whomever wants to jump in first, let's see who, who can uh, unmute the fastest. <laughs> okay, it was Odina. 
Um, I mean, yeah, don't. I'm sad that the chief died because I actually did like her. And it was just a really sad way to go. Almost like, did you ever have a dream? And she's like, yeah, let me tell you. And then she's like, okay, you're dead. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have too many opinions in so far that, like, I feel like it's pretty much just going to concrete, like, make a divide between Alma and her family and Ursula and, like, Belle, Austin, and, like, the other people on the other side of that. Because it's one thing, like, to approach the chemist, this, that, and the other. But, like, like you said, it's kind of, like, you killed the police chief. Not, like, just a regular, like, the chief, like, who is actively investigating everything that was going on. So, yeah, I feel like it's probably going to be, like, Belle and Austin trying to take out this little girl and Henry have whatever his name is. Um, I also, like... Maybe because uh, Vinny pointed out Ursula's name. I think it's interesting, like, all these different names. Like, I just feel like almost got more to her. Because, like, her name in and of itself is, like, a Latin word for soul. And she's pretty soulless. Like, and then I Googled it, and it was, like, her name literally means to feed one soul. So I'm, like, is she, like, I don't know. I feel like she's going to turn into a weird byproduct of, like, those things that don't have talent. Because I don't feel like those things turn into those things because they don't have talent. I feel like they turn into those things over a period of time. And since she's so small and she's already exhibiting, like, a lot of bloodlust, a lot of uh, dissociative behavior and, like, coldness, I feel like she's going to maybe grow into one of those things. But um, it's kind of interesting. Like, I just want to know what they're going to do with the chief's body. Like, are they just going to randomly bury it? Like, uh, who knows? I also didn't see the trailer for the next episode. So, mind you, like, I didn't even see the sneak peeks. But, yeah, um, Ursula's incredibly chill for a babysitter. Um, it's also interesting, too, that she has pills that that drug... Oh, what's his name? Somebody help me with his name. Mickey? Mickey. Yeah, yeah. Um, she has pills because she got him to steal them for her. So she has them, but, like, what is she doing with them? Like, I have no idea. I was very worried for Ursula during that final sequence because she went up to sleep and Alma was hungry and she looked at that knife and I was like, no. Because <laughs> there were many times throughout the episode where I was like, Ursula's going to die. But then that was the moment where I was like, oh, she's really going to die. But then the police chief showed up, and I was like, oh, no, now you're going to die. And I was very sad, because I love Adina Porter. She has created some incredibly special characters on AHS. And it's sad that she had to die, but if shit is going to hit the fan because she died then I'm here for it. Uh, Vinny, your thoughts on everything that happened at the end. <laughs> I was pissed. <laughs> I love Adina Porter so much. I, I've loved her ever since Roanoke. She just brings, and I loved her on True Blood. Um, she's such a fascinating actress. She's very versatile, and I love her work. And I, just, I feel kind of gypped in the sense of, like, 
she really did not get that much in this season. Obviously, it's a condensed season because we're getting two seasons in one. But I, I really wanted to see more happen with her character. And I really enjoyed her conversation with Alma, how she was like trying to be that like soft and caring. Like, I want to talk to you about this. But at the same time, like when she was talking about her dream to be the Army Ranger, you know, this character could have potentially had a lot of depth. But instead, she had death. And I, I was very, very sad to see her go so quickly. But I very quickly on my own, kind of like you were saying, Jeff, came to the realization that if the shit's really going to hit the fan in P-Town, I'd like it to hit the fan in a way where it's not the cops getting involved. I, I kind of want everything to unravel. And with her being a figurehead of justice and law and order, it pulled the rug out from under me. you know. And I think that's exactly kind of what they were going for. So as sad and pissed as I was that she was killed as an actress, the character itself being gone is really going to upset the balance of power. And I'll be curious to see where our our less inconspicuous characters like Harry and Alma and Mickey are are left to their own devices. What happens now that the chief is gone? Are we going to be dealing with like a bumbling police force that doesn't operate well without its figurehead? Are Bell and Austin going to find themselves in a position where everything they know and love is about to be completely annihilated because of inept people and bad decisions on their part of who to give the pills to. I think it's an interesting catalyst. It could very well turn things to go at a very largely breakneck pace over the next couple episodes. Yeah. It's going down in P-Town. Right, Priscilla? Your thoughts on everything that happened at the end? Uh, oh. My God. Your oh, girl. Stupid little girl. She's your girl. Oh my god, why did she stab a police officer? And, like, why was she almost spilling the beans on on everything that they were doing in the first place? Like, she was like, haven't you ever had a dream? I'm like, no, bitch! Stop talking to this police officer! Stop letting her in your house! You don't have to let her in! I think some of that was the air superiority that we got earlier in the episode. You know, they, they can't they all just disappear? It's it's that mindset. It's also, I think, like, she, and it goes back to the whole, how is this affecting her? Like, if you think of yourself at nine years old, you know, children at that age and younger, they're they're very much not good at subtlety and tact. They haven't learned how to navigate the halls of being mysterious and knowing when keeping a secret and being vague is important because that comes with adulthood. So that's another huge drawback to her taking this pill. You know, it's like, how many times have you heard of a kid saying something really embarrassing at a family function because they have no filter? I think that plays into it as well. That is true. I had a little cousin who was like eight or nine who basically told me what my Christmas present was. Without even realizing that he was telling me what my Christmas present was. And I was like, in my head, I was like, did he just tell me what him and his mom got me for Christmas? And I was like, yeah, he just did. I was like, okay. I'll when keep that to kid, myself to not embarrass when I, him. When I was a kid, we had these neighbors that were rich and my mom really did not care for the wife of the guy. And I was like eight or nine and I was over their house because I played with their kid. And I remember she she asked me, she's like, oh, how's your mom doing? And do you guys talk about us at all? And, of course, I was like, oh, yeah, she calls you a fat cow all the time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, my mother was livid. It was it, Looking back, it was hilarious. But I remember the lady's reaction. She was like, she, she, what? Out um, the mouth of babes. I was in the room when my mom gave birth to my sister. 
And the doctor was like, oh, look, it's the baby's hair. And my dumb ass was like, no, that's my mom. So. <laughs> Priscilla, continue on. Anything else to say about the end? And I, my God, I'm going to really miss Sadina. Like, I, yeah. I, I really liked her as a police chief. And But as soon as I started hearing, like, my dream was to be an army ranger i was like oh dang she's giving up her soliloquy her like her her final speech this is her death her death now she's gonna die and i i i just i knew she was gonna die uh, somehow some way i just i didn't expect it to be the little girl i expected it to be like the dad going to the police go, going to the to the police and killing her that way somehow some way I don't know I expected the dad to do it not necessarily the little girl baby that little girl's gonna have some nightmares after having to act this shit out (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she's I don't know I don't think she cares (laughs) no I mean I mean the young actor (laughs) I don't mean Alma (laughs) the character that's true. Oh, gosh. It's so damn juicy. Uh, a quick question. I don't know if anyone has an answer or a theory about this, but Ursula, we have to talk. What do you think that's about? Do you think she's going to tell Harry about everything with the chemist? Do you think she's just going to tell Harry, I know about the pills, clearly you and Alma are on it? What do you think uh, any theories on we have to talk means? I think she wants to clean up the mess. She's been um, exposed to something that could potentially make her millions. And unfortunately, I mean, she's obviously someone that I think doesn't like messes. She cleans them up for a living dealing with uh, her clients. So I think in a way she was seeing these pills as, and she even said, I could, I could branch out on my own. Um, you know, and now she's got this huge obstacle because not only has a murder of the police chief happened, she was present in the house So I think this is going to be going into self-preservation mode, and she's going to probably step up into Queen Bitch like, no, we need to get a tarp, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to hide the body, we need to do this. And I'd be curious to see how much she does tell him. Um, I kind of want to see her go up against Belle and Austin. I want to face off. I think that's coming. Um, But as far as like immediately, I think what we're going to see is that she's going to be like, look what your kid did. We need to clean this up now. And she's going to say it much better than I did with razor tip quips, but uh, that's my theory. I like that, and I could see that being the op- opening sequence of the next episode that takes place in present time. Because no spoilers, I won't go into the promo, but it does look like we're going to be getting a whole lot of backstory about everything P-Town and the denizens of P-Town in the next episode. So we might not even see that in the next episode, depending on how they do the episode. I think we have seen episodes in in the past of AHS where like half of it is in the past and then we catch up in the present. So maybe it might be one of those situations. Uh, we'll have to stay tuned. Was there anything that I missed, a teeny tiny little moment that either of you would like to chat about before we head into the MVP? Dennis O'Hare what, was an interior designer, so maybe he's going to get involved with... Um... Lily Rabe's character. Oh, yes. what if he's the one that convinces her to take the pill and then she turns all talentless hackish? Exactly. 
Yeah, no festers in this episode. No. Oh, before she gives birth? Yeah, I mean, you know. Yeah, that'd be a little awkward. I, 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 yeah. Oh, go ahead. You're good, go ahead. Okay, um, I feel like also to Lily Rabe's character, especially with the pregnancy we know in AHS, there's never a normal pregnancy. So I wonder if, like, yeah, if she's convinced to, like, take the pill and it will affect the birth of her child in a really odd way like that. Cause I remember when I even just saw the trailer for this whole season in general, I'm pretty sure like I saw this wild ass birthing scene. So like that could be interesting too. Like what if she is talentless, but then the child is born really talented. Oh God, the child is going to burst through like alien or some shit. <laughs> I had this image of like Alma and Belle and Austin and Harry, just like she's going into labor at home and instead of taking her to the hospital, they just have a buffet. Almost <laughs> <laughs> like, just like, yes, my brother's packed full of blood. Right. But no, I, it, this is a little funny little anecdote, but I, cause we've talked about it the first two episodes, but I've, is anyone else noticing how often they are working in Dick doc? Like they're saying it a lot. I feel like. Oh, that's definitely like an inside joke. Also, the whole Lyme yeah. disease thing. I'm like, does this yes. mean something? Or is this like just them poking fun at people with Lyme she disease? She's obsessed with it. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. Poor Doris. Poor Doris. So now it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So... Choose wisely. Odina, who is your MVP and why? Oh, this is 100% easy. Uh, The chemist, because I feel like she is just such an interesting and dynamic character. Fashion sense on point. I love that, like, even with the threat of, like, exposing her little operation, what's in the pills, she still doesn't sweat it. She's like, they're never going to be able to do what I do. And I also am interested to see the dynamic between her, Belle, and Austin and how they even, like, got introduced to her and how that whole situation happened. So her 10 out of 10, love her. Fantastic choice. Can't wait to see more of Angelica Ross as the chemist. Yeah, great, great choice. Priscilla, your MVP NY. My MVP is going to go to Harry Gardner because he went through some shit with the with that weird couple and he went through some shit with his daughter and he's gone through some shit today with Belle Noir and Austin Summers. He's just gone through some really tough times today. Today was just an up and down rocky day and he managed to pull through and be the shitty parent that he is and managed to survive the day. So let's see if he survives tomorrow just as well. So, yeah, Harry Gardner. Great choice. Vinny, what about you? Ugh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Alma. I love like, it. I, I'm, I'm going with the whole route of my MVP is not always somebody that I love, but can be someone that I love to hate. I loathe and despise this child. I would totally love to pull a Stephen King pet cemetery and gauge her ass. Um, like she is. And, and that's the thing she brings out. Like this, this character from the very beginning has been 
unlikable for me. Like I've never in one moment really cared for her starting off with the roadkill. It's like, okay, we're going that route. She's going to be the creepy child. But I was surprised at how pivotal of a role she has actually played in the events that are unfolding. And, you know, I think as we head into the latter half of this part of the season, if you think about it, she's been the catalyst for so many things going wrong, going awry. And now that she's killed the police chief, she's adding one more piece of or layer to the cake that is the disaster that has been being baked ever since the gardeners came to town. You know, I almost feel sorry for Bell and Austin in the sense of like, if they had never told Harry, none of this shit would have ever happened. But even worse than Harry and Mickey's bumbling ass, you know, Alma is she's a wild card because she hasn't fully mentally formed. And so giving someone like that ultimate power or well, not ultimate creative power, I'll call it that is incredibly interesting. And I love the dynamic that they're pursuing with her because, you know, she never really was a super loving, caring child. But now it's like whatever little bit was there has been stripped away. She's calling everybody out for what they are. Like, why why do we still keep her around? She's useless as a mom and useless as a designer. And she's going with her primal good instincts of like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to kill the police chief willy nilly da 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 da. And it, it, this episode, the impact that she had is going to have resonations that resound throughout these last three episodes. And I think it's going to be crazy. I love it. Fantastic choices from everybody. My MVP is going to be Ursula. Ursula made a splash in this episode in a big way. Leslie Grossman was fantastic from beginning to end. She lit up the screen in every single scene of, what is it, P-Town is so drab. I mean, it is very gray, but she was like the pop of color in this episode, even if she was just wearing all white on the beach. She was a pop of color. She was fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed her, and I loved seeing the different dynamics. Her with Harry, her with uh, Belle and Austin, her with Mickey, um, her with the chemist. Um, her and Mickey are really interesting together. Uh, yeah, uh, Macaulay Culkin and uh, Leslie Grossman play off of each other really, really well. So uh, I was just excited to see Ursula in P-Town in this episode. And I feel like we can all give an honorary MVP to Adina Porter I don't think we're going to see Adina Porter again. Um, maybe if next week is a full flashback episode, then maybe we might see her at some point. Um, but if we don't, uh, just a quick shout-out to Adina Porter. Uh, gone too soon in this AHS universe, but uh, she she was one of the ones that was, or she was the one that was really putting the pieces together. So I'm glad that we got to see that she was a smart cookie before uh, Alma had to murk her. So now it's time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 Muse pills? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted Golden Muse. Uh, round and round we go, and I land on Priscilla. You can go first. I think I'm going to give it 9. I think it was okay. I liked the fact that we got to see some variation in things like seeing Mickey and the Dick Doc, like seeing, um, like, like seeing the chemist, like seeing Adina getting killed, like seeing the 
variation of the two hicks dying at, un, at with Harry. It was it was it was pretty good. It was varied. I liked it, but there was still something missing. I feel that needed to be needed to be there to give it that special oomph, that special ten or that golden. I feel so a nine for me. Starting off with a nine from Priscilla, Vinny. What about you? So Madison, I want you to know this one's for you. I'm going to be the wild card because I'm going surprisingly maybe with a seven. Oh. Uh, I probably sounded like I enjoyed this episode, which I did. However, I think that this episode unfortunately suffered from what I like to call the Murph. And by the Murph, I mean in every season there is a point in American Horror Story where I feel like Murphy and his crew make the same mistake every single time. And that's they give us more of the same and not enough of the new. There was a lot of enjoyable things that happened in this episode. I loved Ursula. I enjoyed the murder scenes. They were really visceral, well done. But there was not a lot to really advance the story. You know, we were presented with the launch of this season by two back-to-back episodes that I feel like a lot of very similar stuff as to what happened in this episode happened. Like, we had murders in the first two. We saw people killing, you know, for food. So while I enjoyed, you know, seeing Harry Hunt, I felt like the secondary hunt scene was unnecessary. I've seen hunts enough. I want to know more about what's going on, especially because this is an encapsulated season. I didn't truly feel like the story itself was advanced too, too far. That's where I bring in the Murph. I feel like we could have gotten just a little bit more. I kind of agree with Priscilla that there was an element of something missing after the amazing pacing of the first two. This did kind of feel like a little bit of a lull. Um, I think if had Ursula not been in this episode and Alma not done what she did at the end, I probably would have been giving this a five. Um, I really want this to advance. I want to learn more about the pills. I want to learn more about the chemist. My appetite was whetted, but I didn't walk away from this episode with the exact same like adrenaline rush and absolute voracious hunger to see more that I did last week. Uh, not a bad episode, but not a phenomenal one. So yeah, it sits at a seven for me. Wow, I feel like this whole podcast has been a sham, Vinny Hatcher. <laughs> Good Lord. Did you feast on Maddie Fitz? Is that why she's not here? And she, her blood has influenced you? Oh, no, that's just my mouth. I cut it while shaving. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that's interesting. We've got a nine. We've got a seven, which isn't that far off from a nine, but uh, seven has its own stench to it. <laughs> so interesting. Yes. Um, okay, Odina. I'm shocked. I'm shook if um, I feel like I've been lied to my whole life now. So, Odina, <laughs> bring me bring me back. Uh, I'm not sure if I can, to be honest, because I agree with Vinny. Um, I'd give this, I mean, I'd give this a 7.5, but I'm going to mimic a lot of what has already been said. Um, I found, especially after re-watching the first two, like, there was something lacking in this episode. I think for me, it was also very, like, it lost its atmosphere of creepiness and, like, the unusual like in the first two episodes I love that they really capitalized on Alma's artistic ability and like used her music to add kind of like an ambiance of creepiness and like 
unsettling like you just felt weird and I feel like that lost that was I didn't even lose it was just not present in this episode um I also felt like I mean like I understand um again the second hunt but like I I don't think it was really necessary um I think they could have shown Belle and Austin finding out about Alma in a different way without having to see, like, yeah, the same old stuff over and over again. Um, Ursula's character, I again, I have a love-hate thing for her. I think she's interesting. I like that they introduced the dynamic or, like, the tension between, like, Ursula's camp, which I consider, like, Alma, Harry, Henry, whatever, um, and then, like, Belle, the chemist, Austin. Like, I, I like that there's an introduction of that tension, um, but again, like it was, uh, like Vinny said, it was a lot of like the same stuff, a person getting killed on the beach, a person getting killed on, from Craigslist. Um, I also personally didn't really like that they killed off the chief so early. Um, so yeah, it's 7.5. I feel like I want to see the plot more. I mean, it's still good in the sense that I'm still curious, like, the things that really bring out my curiosity or want to watch it still is that I want to know what the hell is going to happen with Alma. I want to know what the chemist is all about. I want to know about the backstory. Like, that stuff kind of draws me in. But as far as the main character, Henry and the Doris, like, I don't really care for them at this point, which is not something I'm used to from AHS. So, yeah, 7.5. Well, clearly, because his name is Harry. <laughs> There you you want to know what influenced my seven? Uh, I, there was a really big deciding factor that I didn't give it an eight for. Jeff, have I ever told you what happens with my one partner when we try to watch shows? No. So Dustin always falls asleep. Like almost every single time that we'll like start a show, he will fall asleep and we'll have to stop. Last week, he stayed awake for both episodes. Oh. Like, um, he was super excited, super into them. Um, you know, and we, when he, it, it was during the day that we watched it, but he was about to take a nap. And when we watched it, he couldn't go to sleep. He was hooked. When we watched this episode, he fell asleep about 35 minutes into the episode or 30 minutes into the episode. Uh, okay. So we've got a nine, we've got a seven, we've got a 7.5. I do agree with one of you. And clearly, I feel like y'all know who I agreed with. Priscilla, raise your hand. Virtual high five. I give it... Yes, I give it a nine. It was a good episode. Um, I enjoyed it. We had uh, the introduction of two brand new characters with uh, Dennis O'Hare and Angelica Ross. Um, I'm hella intrigued by both of them. A little bit more intrigued by the chemist uh, just because she was spectacular. We had, as I said, and pun definitely intended, Ursula making a splash in P-Town. She was fantastic. And shit hit the fan in a big way. You know, I loved Adina Porter in all of her roles on AHS. I've loved her. She has been fantastic. Uh, she was really interesting in this very different role than she's she's played before, in a typical role as the chief. Um, it's, it's sort of, you know, really um, straight-laced type of character as opposed to some of the more eccentric or over-the-top or really intense characters that she's had in the past. And then she died, which was a shock. And she died in the most insane way 
possible. So the shock factor alone, I mean, was spectacular. So I enjoyed it. Uh, Priscilla and I are sharing the same wavelength, I, I guess, uh, tonight, uh, because I will agree. It was a nine. It was a solid hour of American Horror Story, and it is a rewatchable episode. So uh, on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid? Double Feature, Part 1, Red Tide. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Are You Afraid? Double Feature. And subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with Priscilla. Good night, viewers. Vinny. Alfita Zane, until next time. <laughs> and Odina. Good night. I hope nobody catches Lyme disease. <laughs> Aww, that's so nice. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid? Double Feature. Part 1, Red Tide, every Friday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Good night. Vinny, you son of a bitch. You had me fooled. Ha ha ha!